Hello ladies and gentlemen, it's the Baggies Broadcast, it's season 3, it's episode 21. My name is Luke Hatfield and I have done it folks, I have done it. I have convinced this man to take time out of his Friday when he told me he was going to be too busy. He said he was going to be too busy Luke, there's no chance we're doing a podcast today. He's just going to have to wait till Monday. Uh, but I've convinced him guys, Mr Joe Massey. Joe, how are you? Not happy with you mate. So busy. So busy. On his phone now. I'm stressed. I'm literally stressed to high heaven. Doesn't sound like it in my voice, but I'm genuinely, genuinely stressed. I don't know why, because I've done half his job today. Half my job? Yeah, I I was right. Do you want to stand by that comment? Half my job? Do you (laughs) actually want to stand by that comment? (laughs) I've just pressed a button. I've just pressed a button, folks. Half my job. Um, No, you did help me today. You have helped me today massively. You wrote a comment piece for tomorrow's paper. What was it on? Uh, it was about how many points I'll be in need for promotion. It came off the idea that we had in the previous podcast. Will that be online tomorrow? It will be online you tomorrow. Go, 5.55am. Luke Hatfield's words of wisdom in tomorrow's paper. I mean, you haven't read it yet. It might not be good. No. I mean, I suppose you would have had a choice being a digital journalist to write about Villa, but again, you've chosen Albion. Not I? not really, because I was doing it to try and get you into the podcast, mate, wasn't oh, I? Oh, true, yeah. You so did I couldn't that. write a Villa yeah. comment piece. You did that. You did do that to help me. I do appreciate it. I've shot you down there. You have shot you down. For what? That's because I'm all <laughs> over the place, mate. I'm genuinely all over the place. We've got Joe Edwards' wedding this, this evening. He's Wolves reporter Joe Edwards. We've all got to dash out of the office um, to get there. I unfortunately um, cannot make it. Yeah, because you are just a letdown. Um, only person on the sports desk who isn't coming, is that right? Uh, Liam Keane isn't going. Liam Keane isn't going either? No. Uh, he's a dingle though, isn't he? So expect that from him. <laughs> you but... wouldn't want it there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so you're letting us down again, aren't you? There's a reason behind it. So yeah, we've got to get to Joe Edwards. Sorry, I've got to get to Joe Edwards' wedding. And I've got before then, I've got to write a horse racing story. So I'm, I'm snowed under. And he says he's an Albion correspondent writing horse racing stories. I know, I've got to do everything here. I mean, I'm carrying the place. I've been a busy guy as well this week. Have you, do you say that with genuine meaning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, right. Do you know what I've been doing this week? Go on, what have you been doing? I've been doing? working through every single episode of the Albion broadcast, uh, the Baggies <laughs> broadcast, to find our best bits, best bits in commas or... And when's that coming out? Commas. When's that coming out? When's that coming out? Uh, it'll be end of the season. Are you genuinely happy talking about work you're doing for the end of the season now when I can barely get out of the office today? I mean, who's better at their time management? Clearly, <laughs> clearly I am. <laughs> I've got some bad news too. Uh, next week's going to be a struggle for the podcast, isn't it? Well, that's why we're doing it now. That's why you've bullied me into it now. Bullied you, I convinced you. Go on. Basically, I'm away. I'm doing flighting. absolutely everything you can to... Contaminate the expressing style of coronavirus. This you? is my this is my aim in life now. I think. <laughs> How many countries can you go to without contracting it? That is your aim, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. I, I'm going to Greece. Uh, unfortunately, I'm having to cover um, wolves. Uh, Olympiakos. Does that make you sick? It doesn't make me feel great. Does it make? Does that, do you have a little bit of vomit at the back of your throat? I'd swallow it down. You know, when you're about to be, you have to swallow. Yeah. Keep it away. Yeah, just like that. I love how this is like this place. We are gradually turning this place. Like you did say, unfortunately, I've got to cover wolves. Mm. Like now, you said that truthfully, didn't you? Because everyone yeah, thinks yeah, yeah, the ENS yeah. is like the Express and Dingo and is too wolves orientated, which I agree it is. But give us time. <laughs> give us time, and we will eventually. <laughs> we are we are slowly working to overturn that. We're trying. Um, how did you and new uh, West Brom fan Nathan Judah get on Tuesday night? Because I was relegated to watching it on BBC iPlayer, which, by the way, anyone listening, how dreadful was the iPlayer coverage? Oh, I'm glad you watched it when you were at home, though, like a true fan. Um, interesting. Obviously, I always want to talk about the football, but what, do you know what happened to Nathan Judah when he did his video? No, what? One fan, and this is controversial, All right. said that he listens to the podcast 
I think he enjoys it. But he said, can we give up the stuff about you being an Albion fan now? Oh, can we? He says it's got a bit boring. Oh, thank Which God. is interesting. Has it got boring? I mean, like for that for that review of the year, most of the comments are about your beautiful journey from Villa to Albion, which I've loved every minute of. Um, I've got to be honest, but yeah, he said it's getting a bit tiresome. Oh, you've got to freshen up your material. You oh, have. Well, that's a shame that because I quite like it. I like the thread. I mean, if people do think it's boring, let us know because we will stop. But I mean, maybe you think Luke's journey's complete. Maybe it's, it's done. Maybe it, maybe he is. I mean, we're going to see him hopefully. In his, in his Albion shirt with his profile picture on Twitter very soon. Maybe that'll be the final thing. Maybe that will be it. Well, um, it depends, because if they don't finish top, then I don't have to do it. But I've loved watching you grow. I have. I have. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Um, right. How did you get on Tuesday? Yeah, it's all right. What do you say about it? We're talking about the game now, are we? Yeah, a little bit. I've got like a little kind of segment lined up, but I was just kind of checking how you got on without me. Oh, that's the real question you're asking. Mm. No, <laughs> I just go to the football, but you really want to know if we were okay without that. What, what was the food? Oh, what was the food? What was the food? You were going to, oh, it was a curry. I meant to take a picture of it, because I think you would have absolutely loved it. Really? It was a curry, quite spicy, quite spicy, but um, yeah, nice rice, nice samosas, poppadoms. Big fan of a samosa. Big fan of a samosa, I am. Mm. And underrated samosas, in my opinion. You know what? A vegetable samosa. They're the best ones. They're, those are the best ones you can get. That's what it was. Two little vegetable oh. samosas with a chicken curry in the works. The naan bread. Oh. I know. I think Very it's nice. probably the best meal I've had there. Really? Yeah. Oh, it doesn't. It doesn't beat the uh, the the, fr- the fried chicken. That uh, fried chicken was unbelievable. Uh, it did for me. Come on, give me, give, me, give me a review then. What was the rating out of ten? It was a solid. It was a little bit too spicy for me. I did start sweating, so it was. It's a, it was a solid eight. A solid I, I eight. I had to go get two glasses of water while. I, but they're only oh, little that's... glasses of water. You know what I yeah, mean? They're, yeah, they're yeah. They are tiny. They're like shots of water. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was. It was cracking. Um, I still missed you though. I'm glad you missed me a little bit. As soon as though you basically forced me into saying that from that question. But, yeah, 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 I did. Um, do you want to talk about the football a bit? Yes, please. I've got. Um, kind of a quiz, but it's kind of going to get us talking as well about certain players and performances. Okay. Uh, it's called. It's, it's, it's basically about stats. So, who do you think, Joe, and to the listening public, had the highest pass percentage in Albion starting eleven? Oh, on on Tuesday. And we're going to mm. talk about this person for a little bit. Uh, I think perhaps Dar Roche. You're wrong. Go on then. Gareth Barry, ninety-five point seven percent. Okay. But, I'll tell you what, I don't think we'll see that midfield pairing again. Right, okay, so that's why, because when you said we were going to talk about it for a bit, that's why I thought you might, that's why I went with O'Shea. Mm. But now I see what you mean. Um, I didn't think Chris Brunt had a bad game on Tuesday. Mm. I thought he was alright. Um, didn't think Barry had a great game, if I'm honest. Passed him by a bit. Um, he, looked, he looked completely immobile, really, which... He looked every one of them years of professional football. Maybe, maybe. But you have to remember he's coming back from injury. You got a nice Coke for yourself there? Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> tried to get away with it? I tried, but failed. But ridiculous. Um, yeah. The truth is he's coming back from injury, wasn't he? He's come back from a calf injury. I think it's a calf injury. Um, and the game, look, he did look... He did look off the pace. There's no doubt about it. He, he, was, he, was, he was off the pace. Um... Now, it was quite... A lot was made of it, obviously. Obviously, there's not a lot of legs in that midfield of Brunt and 
and Barry. Mm. A lot of a hell of a lot of responsibility on Harper's shoulders. A lot was made of it, obviously, because they're aging and blah 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 blah. But the truth is, they are the, te- the players that put in an absolutely outstanding performance at West Ham. Yeah. Now they were brilliant there. So there's no. The, the difference can't be as drastic. There's not that amount, much amount of time between those two games. Um, so I don't think we can say, like, Barry's like, that's it now, Barry can never play again, or, like... Um, oh, oh, we've got Nathan someone Judas invading. Um, your delivery of uh, blue biros just come in, because I know you had a black biro. You requested blue biros, because you only write in blue ink, so... I, I don't. There you go, and I'll take that away from you. <laughs> <laughs> you will not. We got Kenu. <laughs> that really was Albion fan over Judah. I'm telling you, he's an Albion fan. <laughs> Giving us blue byros. Anyway, carry on. Um, yeah, so I just don't think it's as drastic as... It was a disappointing performance from Barry. Um, I don't think... It, we've got to remember how good he was at West Ham, when, to be honest, I thought he showed Declan Rice up. It was the, it was the master versus the apprentice, really. Mm. Um, he was that good that day. Um, I think the injury must have played a part in getting up to speed, but look... Is he going to play? He hasn't played many games this season. Is he going to play many of the remaining ten? No, he might not feature at all. Let's be honest, but um, it'd be a shame, really, because I wouldn't want that to be his last game. No, it certainly wouldn't. I mean, the player that he's been, and Gareth Barry has been a class player over his career, and he's shown his class throughout. Even last season, he he showed his class for Albion. He didn't do that against Newcastle. He was just very much just. He looks the thirty-nine years old that he is. It amazes me, by the way, he's only three years younger than Emil Heskey. You feel, you feel like Three years younger than Emil Heskey? Three months, did you say? Three years three younger. Year. Julian <laughs> Lescott is two years younger than Gareth Barry. Is he? Yeah. yeah Do you know, what, you know what other age fact I found out the other day, uh, or today? Uh, you know Roy Hodgson has just signed his new deal at Crystal Palace. He's 71, isn't he? He is older than the Santiago Bernabeu. What? By three months. That's a great start. <laughs> It's unbelievable, a, isn't it? That is a great start. He's older than the Bernabeu. Yeah. That's incredible. It's just amazing. That it is amazes brilliant. me, didn't That's it? good stat work from you, that. I mean, it's someone, I've got to take, I can't take credit for that. Someone tweeted that stat, but oh, I can't they? remember who for the life of me. It wasn't the guy you follow either. Richard Jolly. I yeah, think it was hilarious. Him. It wasn't yeah. him. Um, although he tweeted a stat about Joe Gomez the other day, which was impressive. Go on. He's Every Premier League game since he joined the club, They've not lost Liverpool. Every Premier League game since he joined? Since he started at centre-back. He started at right-back and he started at left-back and they've lost some of them games, but never lost a Premier League game. He started at centre-back since joining. How he finds that out? Richard Jolly, if you don't follow him on Twitter, I mean, I've only met the guy once, but I mean, I I absolutely find him hilarious. His stats are ridiculous. He's definitely, definitely worth a follow. But anyway, back to... Back to back to to Back to this. Yeah, he needs, like... He's a classy player, Gareth Barry, but I think he needs legs around him now. You can't, you can't, have, for me, you can't afford to have no legs around Gareth Barry. We, yeah, I mean, obviously Harper was there, but um, yeah, I think I think everyone can concede that Brunt and Barry isn't the way to go, if we're being honest. But look, it hasn't been the way they've been all season, so there's no, I don't, I don't know. It's like one of those things, really, where I don't know. Is it how much do you talk about it? I mean. Could it just be an off day? It could have been an off day. Um, but look, the truth is, as I keep saying, look, if it, there's Brunt and Barry are the f- fifth and sixth choice central midfielders mm-hmm. as it stands, aren't they? Yeah. If everyone's fit, then obviously Livermore, Sawyers, Kravinovic, 
that every, Harper are ahead of them. So mm. I don't think it's an issue. It would just, I just, I just would just absolutely love, if I'm being honest, Albion to go up. Not even like to have won the league, not won the league, but to have won promotion with a game to spare or two games to spare, and hopefully then Brunton Barry can have two games a game really like be appreciated and yeah. everyone tell them what they what they generally think of them and how much they're grateful for what they've done over the years because my god they deserve it um, they really really do question who retires first Barry or Brunt I think Barry will have to go at the end of, not have to go at the end of the season but I think there's every chance Barry will go at the end of this season I see Gareth Barry as one of them players who just doesn't want to stop playing like a Teddy Sheringham I think there's a lot of players that don't want to stop playing um, understandably a lot of this side of football, people don't see. It could be a scary proposition. Well, I think Chris Brunt did use the word, he does find it scary. Um, he genuinely is scary. It's all he's known. He's, he said, like, from the moment he was kicking the ball against his mum's fence to today, all he's ever wanted to do and all he's ever done is play football. So mm. when you take that away, it's, it's hugely scary. It's a complete, like, they're, they're institutionalised, really. Yeah. They're, all they know is football. Um, so it is scary. The problem Barry will have is that he's been so blighted by injuries this term. Yeah. If he was 39 years old and had played 30 games, then you never know, someone might take him on. But I, I don't think anyone's going to want to sign a 39-year-old who has missed the vast majority of the campaign through injury. Mm. Um, Brent, again, made a fantastic point Um Chris Brunt actually, I think I've said this, but Chris Brunt was the one who called the press conference after his move to Stoke fell through. He mm. wanted to explain why he was tempted to leave, basically, why he wanted to go, which is so rare that a player will actually call a press conference. I yeah. think that's fantastic from him, just, just so he can talk to fans and explain explain things. But he said he's noticed a real shift in the game in sort of the last five years, five, ten years, where resale values are now becoming more and more and more important. Yeah, Clubs are so into that, like, money ball thing look they still need experience you yeah. can't just have a team for a 23 year old but it's harder now for a player of Brunt's age to get a deal mm. um, that's why I think he was so disappointed the move to Stoke fell through because A it would have allowed him to play and B it would have put him in the shop window for a move either to Stoke yeah. or somewhere else um, but obviously now he's not in the shop window at all is he and really mm. he's barely kicked a ball for a year yeah. um, when he and he'll probably leave at the end of the season so it's a difficult position certainly is um, I think he'll go on though Brunt I do think he'll get a move I think he will too yeah, yeah. Um, next stat who made the most key passes in Albion's ranks on Tuesday do you know what it wouldn't surprise me if it was Philip Kravinovic it's not it's Kyle Edwards um, who right. I thought was terrific he was very very good yeah in, in bursts but yeah he was very the very run before the goal was fantastic. My God, that was yeah. a brilliant run. I tell you what, if Messi does that, not saying Carl Edwards is Lionel Messi, by the way. I think he was compared to Lionel Messi earlier in his career or something. I think he's had that. Someone did say that once. It's a bit of a I'm just saying, if, if he's a big, if he's a big name player for him, for a big, uh, for a massive club, that'd be going viral. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, he was. The, there was three big pluses on the night for me. Um, they were Kyle Edwards, who I thought was was excellent. Um, Matt Phillips I thought was equally excellent mm-hmm. um, although Phillips had big, some big big chances um, spurned a couple didn't there it? was one that Kravinovic put on an absolute plate for him uh, it was a tap in um, and he sort of scuffed his shot and 
That was a big moment in the game because if that had mm. gone in, an earlier goal would have really sort of put Newcastle under pressure. But I thought Edwards and Phillips were the big pluses. The only problem with Edwards and Phillips being the big pluses was that um, Albion are so well stopped, aren't they, out wide? Yeah. They're playing 4 3 3. Essentially, Pereira's a right midfielder now. Um, Callum Robinson just seen as one, you know, playmaker stats, mm. championship player of the month. I mean, there's nothing I can't say about Callum Robinson. I've already said he's just been amazing since the day he arrived. Uh, and then Kamal Grzycki basically got the top, is he in the top five, top three assists in the championship this season and has barely featured for Albion since mm. arriving. So as great as it was to see Edwards and Phillips do so well, um, the question whether it really would be enough for them. Mm. Um, and then the third big plus was Kravinovic, as I mentioned, who completely changed the game. Yeah. Um, he was... He was fantastic, as he has been since that West Ham game. He's been absolutely brilliant. Yeah, really kind of found his feet, hasn't he, Albion, since then. Um, good signs for Edwards, though. If Albion go up, like I think a lot of people expect them to now, do you think a loan move probably benefits him? Or do you reckon he could probably make the jump up? I think a loan move benefits him whether they go up or not. Mm. Um, so a lot of people think he's out of contract. We have said this before, he, they have got an option to trigger that for another year. So we've been told all along that he's very, very close to signing a new deal. Problem was, when we were told he was close, was a while ago, and mm. obviously he's still not signed it. So to me, I think Edwards and Harper are in a similar position. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because Billich didn't want Harper to go out on loan in January. He, he, he had options, and Harper actually came to him and said, I want to go out on loan, mm. I want to play. And Billich said, no, stay, you'll, you will get your chance. But to me, both of those players have got absolutely everything you need in their positions. The only thing they're missing is games. Mm. They just need consistency. They need to know, they need to do it week in, week out in the championship. So I'd, I'd like them to both go out on loan, but obviously, obviously Billich wanted Harper to stay. But I think they'd both benefit from it personally. I certainly... Yeah, if they if they go up in particular, definitely. Yeah. Um, next stat: Who had the most touches over ninety minutes? Uh, That's sixty-four. Kieran Gibbs. Kieran Gibbs. Kieran Gibbs. What did you make of him on his comeback from injury? Where have you got these stats from? Uh, I do have the website. If you bear with me a while, I can get it for you. Oh, that was all more for work purposes. Further oh, down right, the line. Okay. Yeah. okay. Um, Kieran Gibbs, what did they make of him? Yeah. Thought he did okay, thought he tired quite significantly towards the end. There was one moment where, um, I don't know who it was, but they were on the edge of the box on that left-hand side and they were absolutely crying out for an overlap and mm. Gibbs did not make the run. And eventually the ball came to him anyway. It, was, it sort of worked out okay, but I did think he looked tired yeah. in the last sort of five, which is understandable. Yeah, considering he's coming back from injury. Yeah, which is, well, he's had 45 minutes of under-23 football in like about a month, really. He's mm. had nothing. So, yeah, I thought he was, it, it was a steady showing for him. Look, we all know how good a player Kieran Gibbs can be. He, look, he's, he's silky, isn't he? In terms of championship left-backs, he is silky. He's quality. He is quality. Um Arguably one of the best left backs, if not the best, when he's fit. Yeah, but I don't think he did enough on Tuesday to get ahead of Connor Townsend. I think mm. it's been excellent for about a month. Wouldn't um, wouldn't wouldn't make um, a good signal, would it, if Townsend was to be dropped for Gibbs on a performance like that? If he comes in and, and has a worldie, then yeah. But 
it would be a bit harsh. Yeah, and you've got to remember that Wigan aside, okay, I think the Newcastle game we all take in isolation, don't we? Cup game, nine changes. I expect Romain Sawyers to start tomorrow, which means for, for which means that Dara Roche will probably be the only player who starts all three games this mm. week. Um, so it is an isolation, and I think we've got to remember the Wigan game. Look, they they must they underperformed, but prior to that they were absolutely outstanding for five games and unbeaten in six. So, and Townsend was so solid in that run. Mm. So I, I don't see how Gibbs can come straight back in for me. That said, look, there's no doubt he's class. I, I know he's class, but I think Townsend has been brilliant. And not only has he been brilliant, like he's a model, model pro. Um, he's basically been third choice left back all mm. season. He's had, had to do with Nathan Ferguson being ahead of him. He's had to deal with Kieran Gibbs being ahead of him. But he's never, he's got on with it every single week. Um, he, and I just think he really deserves his place in the side. You've got to be careful as well. I know he's come back and he's played a game and he's obviously doing training and stuff. But when you've just come back from injury, and we know Gibbs is injury prone. He, he's struggled with injuries this season. You don't want to rush him back and have too many games too quick, do you? No, but that's been the case all along. So, because he's had two prior injuries to this, mm. they've basically handled him with like, like they've been so wrapped him in cotton, wrapped in cotton wool in training. They he was like ready to train, mm. and they gave him like an extra week, ten days before they did even brought him back, and then it was very very light sessions, and they did everything they could not to pre- to prevent another injury. So, mm. he is definitely ready, Gibbs. Mm. Um, he definitely hasn't been rushed back, but um, but there's no need to because but because <clears throat> Townsend's been so good. So mm. I think I think this is fine there. Next stat: Which substitute had the highest player rating? By the way, these all come from WhoScored.com. Oh, WhoScored. Yeah, I do use that website, but I didn't know you could go into it. Into, yeah, you in, can go in, in depth game in, stats. In depth games, yeah. It's got to be Kravinovic, surely. You're wrong. Oh, that's ridiculous. Kenneth is a whore, 7.91. Well, I mean, got did, a goal and assist. Didn't he, he did do well as a whore. He did very well, but I mean, I think everyone who watched the game knows that. Crawford was the one who played, who changed the game. Yeah. Well, let's talk about them both because, I mean, very different kind of Albion careers so far because Kravinovic has really kind of grown into his role, whereas Zahor, we've not really seen him that much. But good signs from Zahor and very good signs from Kravinovic. Great signs from Kravinovic, I think. I actually interviewed him um, after last Saturday. So, so in the complicated league. Yeah, that's right. It's the most complicated league in the world. Yeah, nice line from him, wasn't it? Mm. Um, asked him briefly about this central midfield role, and he made a really good point in the sense that he wasn't bigging himself up. He was saying, I think, he is a very well-balanced player, Kravinovic. He, he's not... He, he's good in the tackle. Like, he, um, a couple of weeks ago, it went a bit under the radar. I missed it at the time, but he won the ball leading up to win the goals against Preston, I think. Um, was he with Preston or Bristol City? I can't remember, but he won the ball. And he, he's, he's, he's like... Defensively, he's, he's good. Um, mm. He's a good player defensively. Um, and on top of that, he's technically beautiful, isn't he? Yeah. Um, good haircut too. Yeah, good haircut. Yeah, I'd love to have hair like Krov. Um Really? Yeah, he's got good hair. I've not really noticed. Um, oh, next time, mate. I'll have a look. Yeah. Maybe that can be a segment one week. Best haircuts in the Best Alvin team. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not doing that. Krov would be up there. <laughs> Who else has got a good haircut? You wouldn't know what even haircuts they got. You know what? You can judge people from their haircuts. Sam Johnson, practical, gets the job done. One all over. Krav. That's like, what you've got, isn't it? Uh, kind of, yeah, yeah. Um, whereas Krav, it's all about the style, isn't he? <laughs> it's a good haircut, that is. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Rarer and his curls. Curls get girls. Curls get girls. He's like he's stylish, isn't he? He's, he's proper like like that's like the haircut of someone like a flashy haircut that is. Because he is flash. Because yeah. he's cool. Charlie Austin with the bleach blonde. Yeah, he's lost that now. Yeah, but as I think it suits his character. You know, outspoken. Yeah, yeah. You know, outspoken. Outspoken. You know, to get the job done. Noticeable. Noticeable. Bright. Who else? Who oh. else? Who else? How Robson Connor? What about his haircut? It's, it's just kind of standard. What haircut do you have when you're like unbelievably like the man well who's got the man who's got everything? <laughs> and then you've Should got the, the Billich beard as well. The Billich beard is good. Yeah, Billich. Yeah, Billich and his beard. You got a remarkably similar look to Billich, haven't you? People have said this. Yeah, but there was a picture on when you were in Thailand. You looked like his son. Really, I meant to comment on that, but I don't know why I didn't. But you did. You looked like a little, like a young Billich, I thought. Baby Billich. Baby Billich. <laughs> <laughs> um, what were we talking about? Zahor and Kravinovich. Oh, God, we're still on that. Uh, shall we move on? Next one. Well, Kravinovich has been brilliant since January, isn't he? Absolutely outstanding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We love him. I think he's perfect for that central midfield role because he's so balanced. Zahor did really well, didn't he? Yeah. Um, Shows some fight because I think at one point I was kind of worried with Zahor. Is he just going to kind of bail out in the summer? I think the problem he's got is, as, as well as he did, a bit like Edwards and Phillips, obviously they're all going to, everyone plays their part and everyone's going to have a role to play in the, in the final 10 games, but whether or not he'd... What, what was the Hawk could really do, really, to, to push himself ahead of Hal Robson, Carno and Charlie Austin? Um, that we all, when we said that a million times, Robson, Carno gives the team so much balance... He's so suited to this system. Um, he's, a, he's having the best season of his career, isn't he? He's playing fantastically well. Yeah. Charlie Austin, I think we'd all say, look, you're going to get one chance in the game. You absolutely have to bury it. Which player are you choosing to be on the end of it? He's the reason he's on pens. Everyone would go Charlie Austin, wouldn't they? If you're yeah. putting your mortgage on one person to score, he would be the man. Um, you'd, you'd put everything on to, to score. So how can Zahor get ahead of that when they're playing one up front mm. um, I don't know how he can get ahead of that really it'd be very very hard but he's done himself no harm there no he does have no harm at all yeah last one who was the youngest West Brom starter oh, blimey you come out these, these are proper left field questions these are today yeah um, basically anything to talk about the bloke that was, that was it anything uh, Harper's 19, O'Shea's 20, I think, 21. Who was next to him? Uh, oh, go on. Harper. Oh, right, it was Harper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, is back now. Does he drop out for him? Yes, straight away. Uh, and we've already touched on it, really. Like, I mean, I've... I put a tweet out during the game, during the Newcastle game, that he's got everything, Harper. Uh, I mean, there were some little flicks and tricks he did, turning away from players, mm. drag backs, and you think, wow, like... like I, mean, I love he, the energy he brings. He's got, so, he's got so much energy, so direct, he's strong, he's technically very good. I, mean, I think we said it on the podcast last week, like, he's got everything... It's all going to come down to how much he wants it and how strong of a character he is. And I'm mm. saying that having never spoke to him and not knowing about his character. That's not a criticism of him. I don't know what his character's like. I'm just saying that's what it's going to come down to of him because he is, for me, in terms of like God-given talent, 
he's got it all. Like I, I don't know what more you could want from a central midfielder. Um, but but he's nineteen. Like mm. he's nineteen. Um, someone made a cracking point. I've absolutely no idea who it was. Um, but people were like, a few people were like on that tweet that I put out. Harper got a fair bit of stick, and a lot of people saying, "Oh, he's no." saying he's nowhere near as good as Sawyer's and, and someone replied saying you can't compare Rakeem Harper with Romain Sawyer's today you mm. need to compare a 19 year old Rakeem Harper with a 19 year old Romain Sawyer's and that's where we are with Rakeem Harper he's 19 years old yeah. Romain Sawyer's is 28 years old having achieved everything he achieved with Walsall having achieved everything he achieved with Brentford um, and I just think Sawyer's is so key to this team uh, <clears throat> we've put a story out today I mean I'm sure we were going to talk about Soyuz but we'll wrap it all up now um, we're, we asked him about we asked Bilic about Soyuz this morning and he called him a, a metrone metronome 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 yeah metronomic <laughs> yeah which, keeps Albion ticking yeah well, that's because you've taken off of my tweet you didn't know what it was I knew what a metronome was did you? yeah it goes like that is right but I didn't know what it was I've got to be honest I'm surprised you didn't know that yeah I didn't know what it was um, so I had to Google it um, but yeah that's what Bilic called, called her mm. I mean that made me feel great that I'm a journalist and Bilic is Croatian and he's got a better voc- English vocabulary than me um, but yeah I had no idea what it was you said it um, but that's a lovely quote isn't it mm. from Slav and calling him that like it's, like it's like the heartbeat of the team really and that question today was followed up with um, Will by bringing Sawyers back Will that allow Livermore to be pushed slightly more advanced as he was yeah. in that midfield three? And Billich, look, he doesn't want to give away his tactics, and who knows, he might pull a surprise out tomorrow. But he basically said yes. Um, mm. Jake's great wherever you play him, but it is a massive plus to us being able to push it, push him further forward, and him setting the tone for the press high up the pitch. So <clears throat> I think Harper's done okay. I really do. I really, really like him as a player. Really like him as a player. Um, but I think for now, in a in a ten, when you're top of the championship with ten games to go, you need a bit of experience you, yeah. and nous and a calm head. And if there's one thing remain is, it's a calm head mm. incident at Bristol City aside. Yeah, pop on his throttling. <laughs> yeah, well, that's just not remain at all. Um, the red mist descended. Didn't yeah, it? yeah. Um, <laughs> questions. Let's get to questions. First one, Chris. WBA asks, is Luke actively trying to get coronavirus by going to all these exotic places? Also, do you expect Sawyers to come straight back in tomorrow? Second part of answered. First one, kinda. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, and is is it's, have you seen the they've stopped doing handshakes? They've stopped doing all sorts. I'm not allowed to attend a Premier League game until Monday. You know now. You know, to attend a Premier League. The Premier League have sent out an email to all media saying Premier League games. If you've attended any of the following countries in the last two weeks. You're not allowed to come to a game. Thailand is one of them. Is it? Yeah, so the EFL haven't sent anything out yet, so I'm still good for tomorrow. If not, I'm going to have to park up and wait outside. Hilarious. <laughs> Can I just say one thing uh, on that? Um, I went, obviously, I've been this morning. Fist bumps? Nipped to the toilet before a press conference started, and as I was walking to the toilet, Slavin Bilic was walking towards me, hand out, ready to shake. I was like, we're shaking hands. He was like, we're shaking hands. <laughs> um, and then he went into the uh, presser, and he like waved his hands in the air, like jazz <laughs> hands. Now, honestly, if I could have a picture of that, it was the funniest thing ever. Slavin Bilic doing like jazz hands. We were all absolutely creasing. Um, 
It's fair to say Simon Bilic not overly bothered about the coronavirus. He's too hard for like, coronavirus. He's too hard for coronavirus. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm not, we're not belittling it at all, but he is just like, he was, he was asked about it by Sky, and he's just like, oh, I'm not a doctor. I'm a football coach. Let me get on with that. Interesting um, stat. Slapping Bilic doesn't get the coronavirus. The coronavirus gets Slapping Bilic. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, Leo Watkins, favourite summer drink? That's an interesting one. Alcoholic? Favourite summer drink? Yeah. Oh, Christ. For me, Caipirinha. You ever had a Caipirinha? Never even heard of it, mate. Oh, mate, it's a brilliant cocktail. I think it's Brazilian. Mateus Pereira would love it. Oh, it's so good. What's it called? Why are we even asking? Caipirinha. Um, right, I remember that. Maybe a Caipiroska. Caipiroska's got vodka in it instead of, like, Cachaja? I don't know how it's pronounced. Right. Your favourite? I haven't got a clue, mate. You've got... You, come on, you've got to have a favourite summer drink. Go you pub, beer garden, England are in the Euro 2020 final. Let's have a pint, mate. Just a pint? Yeah. Of what? A bit of Ponzi, my favourite beer. Go on. Peroni. Peroni? Yeah. I like Corona, funnily enough, talking about <laughs> coronavirus. They've had a bad time. Oh, yeah, they're, Strangely enough, probably shouldn't mention this, actually. I don't know if it's podcast worthy, whether it'd be whether it be told off for this. There was a company that had to change its name. The company was called Isis. Marketing nightmare, that. Wasn't the dog in Downton Abbey called Isis as well or something? <laughs> oh. they, had to, they had to kill it off. Cause, oh, no. Um, yeah, it was, yeah. Oh, grim, that is. Um, Mrs. Loves That Show. Peroni, favourite drink. Okay, um, this is a good one. Ethan, what's your greatest memory of this season so far? Greatest memory of this season so far? Mine is, funnily enough, considering we're playing Swansea tomorrow, Swansea at home, when Pereira just tore him a new one. That was going to be mine. Absolutely tore him a new one. Because I wasn't there for QPR. I would have liked to have seen the QPR game. QPR way wasn't... It was really, really good in a like a professional way. Mm. It wasn't as, it wasn't exciting. Yeah. It was just so ruthlessly efficient, QPR way it was. Yeah. They just like QPR just that, couldn't that get free near kick, them. That free kick was naughty though, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Under yeah. the wall. Yeah, and then his little celebration he got in trouble yeah, for. Yeah, he got in trouble yeah. for that. But I'll tell you what, it was that was naughty, that was. Yeah, it was cool. Swansea in the first game would be my probably my highlight of the season, just because finger like Rob Gurney from the BBC, absolutely like smashing bloke, fantastic, fantastic commentator, fantastic journalist. And he, we were talking about Pereira's performance after the game, and he, he's covered football matches for thirty years. And he said in his whole career, he remembers one performance as good, and it was by Decanio for West Ham. Mm, Can't remember again. But you know, Decanio is one of those players, wasn't he? If you said to Decanio, absolute bang on form, Decanio, he could run Ugh. a show. And he was like, yeah, that was the only time we'd ever seen something as good. Pereira that day was absolutely um, magnificent. Mm. And other than that, it's, it would be when you were off. I hate to say that, Cheers, mate. mate. <laughs> that, Not I, having Luke around was brilliant. I loved those five games. I absolutely loved them. Um, starting at Millwall away. And probably Millwall away, really, just because obviously the weather was was mm. a storm, whatever, and you just never thought the game was going to go ahead. And if it did go ahead, you thought, oh, God, this is going to be horrific against Millwall. They're the one just, team you don't want to play yeah. in that kind of scenario. But they were so good. And then the next like four games, they were so good. That was my favourite batch of like games. I really like. couple replies. That. 
someone replied, Simon Beefy Baggy said, watching Luke Hatfield with his baggies top on <laughs> was his highlight of the season. And then there's a great little That's meme. My, yeah, that was lovely. The great meme, the Drake meme. I do appreciate that one. That was pretty good. There's a, you have to look at it. I can't really describe it, but um, Simon Beefy Baggy actually asks a question as well. Any news on Barca and have they coughed up the money yet? Considering they sold him on, I think... I hope we can get clarification. The clubs are acting to get it sorted. I know it's only a small amount, but it's principles. It's principles. Okay. So that, I mean, I don't know. I've said, I haven't asked a question this week. What would... <laughs> you should just ask it every week. Every week. Have they paid you yet, Billis? <laughs> that would be probably, if I'm being honest, will be a story for the international break. Mm. When the international break arrives, we'll be able to sort of mop up a few bits and bobs. Um, like the Carl Edwards contract, like Louis Barry situation, like Tulloch. Um, his contract hopefully we'll be able to really get into them then um, but in the meantime if it, I mean there, is a, isn't, there isn't a game next week but it's just games 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 isn't it mm. I mean there's 10 games left we are on the this top the of the we're this top of the, the league like with 10 games left like it's yeah it's, like, it's so it's mental this is when the business is done Alf are we interested in signing Crovey permanently looked real quality against Newcastle and West Ham see th- that's a good question I imagine they're interested, they're considering it, but who wouldn't consider signing a lone player yeah. permanently? And again, it's one of them where if I was to ask that question now, the answer will be from anyone, mm. we're focused we're taking it one game one game at a time and we're focused on getting to the Premier League. So I think we've got to remember that if you had to do a poll in December how many fans would like to see Kravinovic sign? Maybe be 50-50. Mm. Um, now you're talking like 80-90%. 80-90%, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's been quite a swift change. Um, but I think Kravinovic's future will undoubtedly become clear in mm. the coming months. But at the moment, yeah. I think they probably... I think, look, I think they do want to sign him. Why wouldn't they want to sign him? Um but it'll come down to a host of factors, won't it? First of all, do Benfica want to let him go? Yeah, big question. Uh, Paddy WBA, two losses on the bounce now. How much of a worry is this? And what's the chances of Harper, Livermore, Sawyer's midfield in Sunday? So how much of a worry it is will be answered at five o'clock tomorrow. With the greatest respect, Southern Village's only job at this moment in time is to make sure there's no rut. It's as simple as that. We all know what happened from December through to February. Yep. We all know that for 22, 23, 24, 25 games, whatever it was, Albion were absolutely sens- like, not they were they were sen- they were sensational. They were they were brilliant, and then they had that seven game winless run, and then they were even better than they were in the first twenty two games in that run in that six game run. So, Billich today was like buoyant. He was like very, very, very upbeat. He was adamant that it wasn't going to affect the team. He said, "There's, there's just no." He said, "We're a team in form." Mm. Um, um, very much pointing to that six-game run. It's, it's, it's one defeat in seven, um, and performance has been excellent. So he is very, very upbeat. He's very, very confident. He's, he's. He said they've got to be at hundred percent at Swansea tomorrow. He said they will be at hundred percent at Swansea tomorrow. That mm. is how buoyant and confident and upbeat he was today. Very, very. Full of full of belief in his team, so all the signs were absolutely fantastic. But of course, they've got to go out and perform, haven't they? Mm. Um, and 
and yeah, I think I said before, like I think that seven game winless run is basically the motive. I think that'll keep them on their toes throughout the, this this ten game mm. ten games are left. But yeah, the proof's in the pudding at the end of the day. It's all about results and and how they perform. Mm. A lot of people asking about Rayan Tullock and a new contract. Um, Alf kind of follows this up. Said um, if we're so interested in giving him a new contract, why not bring him on earlier against Newcastle? We had nothing to lose, and he looked lively when he came on. Would have been a huge gesture in contract talks to bring him on for the 45th, 60th minute. I don't know what to say. The 10 minutes here always, or there. You can't always balance, the, you know, oh, I'm starting you for 45 minutes. I'm giving you 45 minutes. Suddenly I want to sign a new deal. I think the gesture has been made. I think Tullock was, came off the bench at Charlton, albeit for, I think, I think it was a very, very brief time. He came off the bench at West Ham and he came off the bench against Newcastle. Um <clears throat> That shows that he's in Bilic's thoughts. It shows that Bilic is willing to like have him in matchday squads and he's willing to play him. Um, I think whether he comes on at half-time or whether he comes on in the 75th minute or, to be honest, I think he's neither here nor there. Mm. Um, the bottom line is, Bilic rates him, Albion rate him very highly. They'd love for his future to be at the Hawthorns. Mm. Um, it's a very strange one, this. I've got to be honest, it's very, very difficult to get to the bottom of because... There are such conflicting stories. Yeah, there's stories out there written by people, not by me, that who are adamant that Tullock is staying, and there are stories out there written by people again, not by me, who are adamant Tullock is going, mm. and they're written by people who are very good. Yeah. Um, and all I know is all I know, which I'll only ever speak with what I know to be true, is that. Tullock was offered a new deal. Mm-hmm. He turned it down. It was a decent offer. Very, very decent offer. Because um, a lot more than players that of his age and experience are offered. Mm-hmm. Um, he turned it down for more money. And negotiations have reopened. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that, and those negotiations are ongoing. Where that stands, I don't know. Um, but I think... Yeah, it's, I don't know which way it's going to go. I really, really don't. Mm. There was obviously interest from Rangers um, in January, which sort of pe- I think that's petered out now. But yeah, interesting one. It's like an interesting one again. Like if I get to the Premier League, like how much is he going to play? He's going to go on loan, surely. Um, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. I mean, he can be a promising talent, but I mean, you're in the Premier League. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, interesting one from Ronan Thompson. It's lunchtime at the Hawthorns. You're on the playground. Massey and Hatfield are captains and goalkeepers. You both pick your dream current West Brom five-a-side team. So you get one defender, two midfielders, one striker, along with yourself in goal. Leave a Twitter poll at the pod- so the podcast listeners can choose whose is better. If Hatfield wins a poll, Massey has to put Grealish as his screensaver slash cover photo for the rest of the season. But if Massey wins... Hatfield has to wear his 50-50 Villa Albion scarf for every post-match reaction. Well, I'm not putting Grealish as my thing because... Grealish is quality, mate. Yeah, I know he is, but my thing, whatever it's called, what's the picture at the top called? Your profile picture. No. Or the cover picture. Cover picture. Yeah. It's me interviewing Gareth Southgate. Oh, yeah, you're not getting rid of that, are um, you? And I love England. All right, profile picture. Um, why would I have Jack Grealish as a profile picture? Because he's got a grey haircut. I could just go Philip Kravinovich, can't I? <laughs> Um, I'm not having that. Um, so you would, you're not taking the bet. 
I'm not taking the bet. No, I'm not having. I'm not having. I don't see why I have to. To be honest, there's nothing. There's nothing that I've done to like. It's not like I've been like secretly putting in messages saying I'm a big Jack Grealish fan. It's not like I'm you with Albion. That's why you're doing your Albion thing. The reason why you're going to change your profile picture to you in an Albion shirt when they win the league is because throughout this whole podcast, you've been letting the read the listeners subtly know you support West Bromwich Albion. I don't. I've never even mentioned the word Jack Grealish, <laughs> so it's not. I, I don't have to, do I? Um, but I'll do the five-a-side team. Yeah, but what what do you, what do I get if you win then? If I win, pride, pride. Well, I'm not wearing the scarf if I if you win. You love that scarf. It's on your desk. It's, it's tucked away under my desk. It's on your desk. I'm going to give it to Gareth Barry. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. Gaz Baz is going to have that as a gift. Mm, you a, love that scarf. A retirement gift. It is on your desk, isn't it? Under my desk, it's on top of my drawers. Oh, is it? It was. That's, that's a recent thing. So it was on your desk. Well, someone might have moved it, but I didn't put it there. Um, it is. It has been on your desk for a very long time. Jack Pallet says maybe we'll. We're we going to do a teams then or not? No, this is maybe a poll. Oh yeah, but we're not going to say who we're having in our team. All right. Okay. Current team. If I'm in goal, I'm having first pick. Why do you get first pick? Because I do more work than you. I just did half your job today with Bim. You didn't do half my well, job. Ta- okay, I'll tell, I'll tell you what. I'll take alternate picks. Yeah, but I'm going first. Okay, you go first. So I'm showing you a Jai. Well, I'm not picking a defender first. I'll you take. Have, well, you have to go through. Don't you have to go through back to back? No. Oh, right, well, there we go. Well, I'm, I'm still want to Jai as my first pick. All right, I'm taking Pereira. I'm taking two midfielders, Livermore. I will have Kravinovic. That's my two midfielders. You're not beating that midfielder. I am. I'll have Sawyers. Five aside. Yeah. Uh, I'm taking. Oh dear. I'm going to do this to be cruel. I'm taking Robson Carney. That's all right. Austin, five aside. He'll smash him in. <laughs> Robson Carney's more technical, mate. He'll, he'll, he'll dominate five aside. How Robson Carney? No, Austin would dominate five aside. He'd score from absolutely every angle. And then at the back, I guess I'll take. Ooh. Ooh. I could go left field. Could go left field. Kieran Gibbs. Fit Kieran Gibbs. You don't need height in five aside. You don't need someone clearing headers, do you? You can't go above head height. Yeah. Give me Kieran Gibbs. I mean, Livermore. Livermore's just going to absolutely bosh Pereira and Kovinovic. You won't get close to them. You will, mate. They'll just be rolling round. <laughs> what are you trying to say about this Albion midfield? Alright, there you go. You can um, oh, imagine Sawyer just pulling the strings to Austin. Get in touch. Bang. Get in touch. My team would win that. Everyone's gonna vote for your team because you've got Pereira. But my team would be more well balanced. We're gonna put a poll out after. I'm a better keeper than you as well. No, you are not. I am a good keeper. I've got, I've, I'm about, I'm about, I've got about half a foot on you. Yeah, it's only little goals. Yeah, but I mean I'm agile. You're agile. <laughs> <laughs> We need to have one of these games. When uh, we were offered, well, I say we were offered, um, one of the mascots was setting up a game, wasn't he? You turned it down. I said, I'll do it if Joe Massey does, but you didn't do it. You were, you were too it was busy a on a Saturday morning. Yeah, that's right. I take my little girl to football. Sack that off. No. Come play with us. I play five side. Shall we set up a game? Shall we set up a game for Albion Potty listeners? Don't, one don't start making promises who can, can't keep... No, why do you do these things? I can be one captain, you can be the other. Oh, God. Charity game? 
Ah, oh, Luke. Imagine this charity game. We could just do it down. We can do it down a local park. We don't need an actual pitch. Although I tell you what, doing it on the Hawthorns would be quality. You got yourself carried away, haven't you? I have got myself carried away. Set up a game. Everyone pays what five aside or eleven aside? Elevens. Twenty quid. I don't want to go and goal eleven aside. <laughs> no, you don't have to go and goal. Okay. We're captains. We'll probably both be strikers, mate. <laughs> Come on. Right, twenty quid. Listen, twenty five. Twenty five pounds. Oh, Listeners, would you pay twenty five pounds playing a charity game? Twenty five pounds. Twenty five pounds for charity. Albion Foundation. Yeah. You either get on Team Massey or Team Hatfield, play an eleven side game, ninety minutes. Yeah. Would you pay twenty five quid to do that for charity? Why is twenty five quid come from? That's quite a lot of money. Twenty five quid's okay, maybe twenty. Um, because the thing is, you've got to pay for kits and stuff, haven't you? How are we I mean, we've that? got kits here, haven't we? Have we? we? Express and Star have got kits. Oh no! Yeah. Albion's getting carried away. Albion could donate us an old kit. Do you reckon? I don't know. They're not going to let us use the Hawthorns. No, obviously not. Training ground? There is some really nice pictures at the training Potential. ground. Potential. Have a word. Have a word. That could happen. That would be good, that would. But firstly, the listener's going to do it. Would the listeners be up for that? Let us know. Um, John Francis asks any theories on why we're so much better away from home? Billich was asked about that today. Um, and he just came out. He's been, To be honest, he was asked about it earlier in the season as well because it's been a running theme. Um, he just says there's things like... Um, at home you feel a bit more pressure to play sometimes you like play through balls when they're not on you play a pass a little bit earlier than you should you there's just a little bit more urgency to your play which is not a good urgency you're a bit over eager is probably mm. a better way of putting it and of course teams set up completely differently against Albion at Hawthorns um, you can't um, you can't play the way a lot of teams play at the Hawthorns in front of their own own fans at home so I think that's a lot to do with it. Um, I've got to say, I think a lot of it is just like the way the cookie crumbles. Really, mm. like you get, you're not going to have a, you're not going to win every week. Um, is a is a good point. Oh, I think it's a good point. If Pereira scores that chance against Wigan, I think that game ends differently. I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. think Albion get into a, a groove and then probably go on and win that game. I agree. Yeah. I agree, and it was a really big chance, wasn't it? Mm. I mean, it was a difficult chance. He was under pressure. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't an uh, easy chance by any means. But I do agree, yeah, 12th minute that was. Um, I think if he scores that, it would have been a very different game. I just think, yeah, you're not going to win every week. It's harder to break teams down at the Hawthorns. Um, and I just think sometimes that's just the way that, like I said, the way it crumbles, the way, the way it, the, the ball breaks for you at times. Football is a game of like probability and chances. Sometimes it just mm. doesn't bounce for you. And, and you look at the games at home and they've lost. I mean, Wigan did well, but they didn't do as well as Stoke, in my opinion. No. I, I think Stoke really did a job um, that day. I think Wigan were good, but I think, like we said, if Pereira scores, um, then I think it's a different game. And, and I just think just Albion were just flat. I think they just ran out of steam mm. um, in a hectic month. It just so happened the game was at home. Middlesbrough wasn't out of that game. Um they weren't great that okay, game that day. Um, Borough were good, but they scored a worldie at the end and made it made it look worse than it was. But they weren't great. Yeah. Um, what other, what's the other one? Mm. What who else did they lose to? I can't remember. It's now, but yeah. But oh, the, the truth is, over thirty six games that they've played, they've put in a 
way, way, way more good performances than they've put underwhelming ones. And to quote Paul Cook, Albion were off colour against Wigan, but the table shows they've been on colour a lot more than they've been off. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's disappointing that they've had these results at home, but I'm pretty sure. Oh, I really hope they don't they go on from here, and it really is a fortress for the rest of the season yeah. because that'd be. A Kick nice on. way to like end the season. Kick on seal promotion. Um, last question because we are running out of time, uh, and it's an important one. Given Leco's comments and the lack of support from Kick It Out, where does this leave racism in football? God, I mean, how do I answer it's a that? Mess. It's an absolute mess. I, I think I the, to- the way they've been, the way people have been dealing with racism in football from bottom to top is dreadful. Yeah. I said to my wife, do you tell me if this is a fair comment? But I said to my wife the other day, last night it was, because we were watching, we were, I think we were watching Sky Sports News and this came up again. Um, why? This didn't, tell me if I'm wrong, but this didn't happen a lot five years ago, three years ago. It, it feels to me now there's almost like a racism incident every week or every couple of weeks. And it's definitely got worse. It's definitely, I, definitely got worse. I don't know whether this is more people standing up and saying, I'm reporting that. And it's a good sign that it's being reported. I don't think that's Or it, whether know. it's racism. Because, I mean, people have mentioned this and stuff from like Gary Neville and stuff, saying it's a systemic problem in society and it is. Yeah, yeah. Is that giving racist bigots more of a chance to speak up in a game the way things have happened in society in general I don't know maybe it has or maybe more people are reporting it but for me the fact that someone like Daniel Daniel Sturridge can get more of a ban than Kiko Kassia for gambling instead of racism shows I think it sends out a message that money is more important to these people than racism and it's yeah, not. It's, it's a dreadful message to send out, isn't it? The fact that like Nicholas Bentner can do a celebration, pull out the Paddy, Paddy Power logo, and he's nailed to the wall saying, oh, this is out of order, massive fine. I know Kiko Kassir has been given a ban and been given a fine, but if a fan did that... Oh, they'd be banned from football. They would never They would never go to another football game again. They'd never enter a stadium again. And if we did it, then we'd lose our jobs, rightly so. 100%. So it's just an absolute disgrace. It just um, shows that footballers are more of a value, valuable commodity than a fan is. Mm. And it's not going to change unless... I mean, something's got to happen at the very core. And the fact... I mean, Leco's comments have just have, have opened up a massive can of worms, and rightly so. Because, how, much have, how much time have we got? Because there is a lot we need to say on this. Um... We'll just go on, mate. It's fine. Um, so, first of all, I think we have to say that Lecco deserves immense credit for the statement he put out, mm, doesn't he? I mean, definitely. it was an absolutely fantastic statement. Um, and age does age shouldn't come into it, but it does. And he, he is 20 years old. Um, and he shouldn't have to t- t- sort this out. Do you know what I mean? He's, he, he's, he's, he's got a serious injury. He, he shouldn't have this on his shoulders. He really, really shouldn't have this on, on his shoulders. Um, but I think he deserves immense credit um, for the statement he put out. Leeds, I'm going to tell you something. I know someone who works at Leeds. Mm. And I spoke to them about this. And they have said, I mean, I probably shouldn't say this, but who cares? Um, that there are internally 
people at Leeds are massively disappointed with the way the club has handled the situation. Rightly so, mm. because Leeds have been an absolute shambles, yeah. I think we have to say. Um, it's fair to say, though, some of the fan... I mean, the majority of the fan base, from what I've seen, are behind John Jonathan Lecco. Leeds fans, this is. The way that... There's some absolute clowns, though. There's, there are, there are, and you always see them on Twitter, and it's... I've, from what it seems to me, it's it's a very vocal minority. The majority of Leeds fans I've spoken to are just as disgusted by the claims oh, of yeah. what was said as as everyone else's. There are, of course, a small vocal minority who are saying Kika Kassir, whatever, whatever, like doesn't deserve this ban. At the end of the day, he deserves. A, if he said what was said, for me, you can't really come back from that. You can't. I mean, Leeds like. They have to obviously they have to conduct an investigation into what's been said. But one, we all know what was said. We're obviously we're obviously not going to say it. Yeah. But his defence of he didn't know that was racist. That I mean, is, I mean, that is a shambles. To, to even like have the audacity to use that as a defence. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous to me. If once Casilla told Leeds that was what his defence was going to be, I think Leeds pulled the plug there. To be yeah. honest, just be like. All right, mate. That is laughable. Like it's, it's an absolute like joke. Um, so that's 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 been a shambles. The fact that it's taken twenty two weeks for the investigation to take place has been an absolute shambles. Um, I think I don't. I'm not pleased with the way that like that not that like we've done up that the local media have reported on it. I think mm-hmm. we should have reported on it more. I'm being honest. The, the one thing, not the one thing that made me feel like that, but. Lecco said in his statement it was really hard for him to see Casilla playing every week. Mm. And it that never really dawned on me um, that he was finding that difficult. And uh, that's wrong. Like I, I should have realised. And we all, a lot a lot of media should have realised and made a bigger spotlight of it. Because yeah. um, it was it sort of was reported what happened and then it, that was the end of it really. And not a lot was said afterwards. Mm. Um, it didn't help that the investigation took 22 weeks, but... I mean, that's just ridiculous. Um, and the final thing is, this kick it out nonsense, which, like, I just can't get my head around this. So kick it out, basically, are coming out with this, ex- not ex- they're saying that their protocol, the way you have to do things the right way, apparently, mm. and that, according to them, the right way was to make absolutely no contact with Jonathan Lecco. It was to go via Charlton. Now, they say there's some guidelines, there's some rules in place, um where that's what they have to do. Um, but obviously there's been a breakdown in communication there. Whether someone at Charlton hasn't passed on the message or what's happened, we don't know. We don't know what's happened. That's what Kick It Out are implying, that basically mm. they rung Charlton and the person at Charlton didn't pass on the message to Jonathan Lecco. Now, like, that is just, to me, that is just, like, sums up society now about how people just are so willing to, like, do the bare minimum mm. And not willing to get the job done. Like, if you said, you just pick up, pick up, if you pick up the phone and ring Jonathan Lecker. It's not hard to get his number. It no. really, really won't be hard to get his number. If you'll kick it out, you can easily get Jonathan Lecker's number. It won't be hard to find out who his agent is. It won't be hard to find out who his, what his agent's phone number is. I mean, he's a member of the PFA, who also let him down. But there's, mm. there's, your, there's your case in point. Ring the PFA, find out who his agent is ring him mm. and go from there it's so simple it's so so simple um, and the fact that someone has basically picked up the phone and rung Charlton 
and not got a response and then just gone, oh, wow, I've done my bit. I've mm. covered my back sort of thing. It's just, I don't know. What, what, a, what a shambles. I feel so sorry for him. Mm. Um, no one should have to go through that. No one should have to go through it at any level of football. Oh and yeah, the fact obviously. That it's, happen- yeah. it's still happening. It's still happening. You see it in the Premier League. You see. I mean, there's a video of Jesse Lingard today that's come out, and it's there's alleged racism in there. That's Premier League. That's Manchester United. It's the biggest club in England. That's what I mean. I feel like it's happening all the time now. Like, are you kidding me? How is this still happening? It's 2020. I just don't think. I, I might be completely wrong. Like, like, but I just don't. I just don't think it was like this five years ago. I really don't. Um... It's just getting worse and worse and worse. I, I, I just can't understand that. Needs sorting out from bot, from top to bottom. Needs sorting out. I think um, there's a lot of people. This it's not fair that it's had to be Leco that's done it, but I think this case will make a lot of people in high-profile jobs wake up and do their jobs better because mm. the spotlight is now well and truly on them, isn't it? They've they've let him down, and everyone knows they've let him down. And let's be honest, organisations like kick it out. They have one job, mm. like 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 it is their job to help pick players who have suffered this. So, and when a player is saying, "Next time, I'm not sure if I would report it," yeah, I mean, that, that is clearly like you're going backwards. Yeah, yeah. And it's not it's, it's not the player's fault at all because if that's how he feels about the treatment that he's had when he's supposedly done the right thing, it just it just shows that things are just going backwards. It needs yeah. to be sorted out. Um, Let's talk Swansea. Um, I've got a segment planned. We've gone from one very serious chit-chat to one not so serious. How long have we got? Um, I mean, we're going to run over massively. We're already at an hour. Um, are you all right? Are you all right for time? Are you all right? No, I've got this horse racing story today. I've got- <laughs> we'll be quick. We'll be quick. Uh, Swansea slang. Swansea slang. It's very, very quick. Um, basically, playing Swansea tomorrow. Long yeah. old journey. Um, I've looked up some slang used only in Swansea. Oh, say only in Swansea. Welsh slang. Um, some used mainly in Swansea. Um, you've got to basically guess the word and what it means. Oh, right, okay. You ready to go? I'm not good with a Welsh accent. Okay. Wales. <laughs> what? That was Wales from the Valleys. Yeah, you're not good, you're right. Yeah, it's dreadful. Yeah. Cutch. Uh, used in a sentence. I'm not going to know these Let's things. have a cutch. There's a cuddle. Yes. Um, <laughs> Gavin and Stacey knowledge. Oh, there you go. A cutch, I think it is. Oh, right, okay. That's my Brummie accent coming out. Cutch. Like bus. <laughs> Stuff. Yeah. Ukavi. Yeah. Um, In a sentence. <laughs> That's ukavi, that is. That's good. No. Rude or disgusting. Ukavi. Ukavi. Right. Mitchin. Where have you got these from? Um, I just went online and typed in Swansea slang. Uh, in a sentence, you haven't been Mitchin, have you? Uh, <laughs> I've got absolutely no idea. <laughs> Playing truant, man. Skipping school. Skipping school. Yeah. Uh, chopsin. Talking. No. Uh, stop chopsin, would you? Eating loudly? No, uh, arguing or giving you an earful. You were close though. <laughs> uh, yaki da. Can't really use this in a sentence. Yaki da. Is it like yes or hello or something? Kind of. 
basically means cheers. Thank you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Um, daps. Those are some lovely daps they are. Trainers? Yeah. Yeah. How did you know that? Uh, I, had a, I had a phase through college where all we wore was daps. Yeah. Oh, okay. True story. <laughs> Scram. Food? No. I went and scrammed myself on that tree. <laughs> Um. <laughs> Say it again. Scram. Yeah, but the sentence. I went and scrammed myself on that tree. You're not like you're like you're funny with accents. Um, I don't did, know whether they're good or bad. No, they're like they're like they're like bad with just enough good to make them like funny. Passable. Yeah, passable. Yeah. Um, um, what did you say again? Scram. On the tree? Yeah. <laughs> I've got absolutely no idea. Scratch. So if you were to scram, if I scrammed myself, I scratched myself. There you go. <laughs> well, you... Who scratches himself against trees? I don't know. When you're a kid, you climb in a tree, aren't you? Right. It's not a lot to do in Wales, to be fair. <laughs> um, okay, quickly, before we go, uh, time to get back to winning ways, I think, against the Swans. Um, tell you what, it wasn't bad when they came to the Hawthorns, was it? Arguably the best performance of the season. Pereira's definitely. No, um, yeah, Bilic was asked about that as well today, and he said he thinks it's a positive. Like, he thinks that, um, yeah, it just gives them a little bit of an upper hand, really. They know that they know that they can play against them. They know that when everything clicks, they can sort of let, they can get their game going. Mm. And he thinks as much as a little boost for them, Swansea would just be thinking, do you know what, they absolutely tonked us. Mm. Um, at the Hawthorns and not that he doesn't think that'll be like an incentive he thinks that'll make them more knock, sort, knock their confidence yeah more sort of wary wary yeah good word yeah wary um, I was going to ask that will the previous win offer a confidence boost you kind of just covered that um, do you reckon the FA Cup break will have helped some of the players it won't have helped Dara O'Shea no but I mean he's only been in the team for the last couple of months hasn't he so mm. that's, I think he'll be absolutely fine Think he'll be the only one who plays. Um, let's hope so. Ali Robinson actually made a really good point. Did his column earlier today for tomorrow's paper, and he was like, he said, "I'm pleased he made nine changes for two reasons. The first one being the players said they wanted a rest, yeah. and they've got a rest. And the second reason being, basically, it's clear who's like the A team and the B team, if you like." And now those 18 players have got to prove they're worthy of that rest mm. um, because they got what they wanted, basically. They got a chance to put their feet up and and prove that last w- Wigan, Wigan was down to tiredness and prove that it's a one-off sort of thing. So I thought that was a fair point. Um, yeah, so really, they're un- not under pressure to perform, but they've got to, got to perform, haven't they, Albion's players? They've got to show that they've sort of, they're ready to go again. Certainly do. Give me a prediction. So, five one. No, I think I'll be, I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be sort of a back to the similar sort of levels of control shown in that impressive run. Uh, I think Swansea are a good team. Obviously, Ryan Brewster up good front, finisher. big name really for his age and what he's done in the game. And obviously, everyone knows he's on loan from Liverpool. Andre, I apparently a doubt. Yeah, um, a doubt. But um, twelve goals this season. I think he's. I don't tell me if I'm wrong, but I think he's one of those too good for the championship. Probably not good enough for the Prem. I think he's good in a good Premier League team. I think in a bad team, he's not that good. Yeah, but he obviously is a very, very talented player at this level. Conor Gallagher, we know, is a player that Albion like. 
um, continue to like. They, re- they retain an interest in him long term. Mm. So um, on loan from Chelsea, of course, having been at Charlton um, earlier in the season, they've got good players, um, Swansea, but they've won one in eight, mm. which isn't great. And I love, Bilic practically says this every week now, but he says, basically, it doesn't matter where a team is in the table when you play them in the championship. What matters is where they are in the form table. Mm. Um, Because it's such an even league. It's all about teams with momentum and confidence, really. And they haven't got a lot of momentum or confidence. So Mm. for that reason, I think they will, Albion will win the game. And hopefully... A nice little comfortable 2 now ish with Sawyer's pulling the strings and Livermore pressing very high. I'm going for a barnstorming 3-2 away Ooh, win. don't like that. It'll be a good game, though. I can't see how I've been conceding twice, but I hope that's not famous last words. Right. That about does us. We'll right. both be at the Liberty tomorrow, won't we? We will. Barring any coronavirus emails for me. <laughs> yeah. um, until then, I don't know then. you wouldn't be able to go, but I would, even though I was sat next to you in this close proximity. For just is what it is, mate. Imagine if you if they do ban you and then Albion win, that will just confirm that you are an absolute jinx. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, maybe it will work on Thursday too. <laughs> but for yeah. Wolves, <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, all right, that does it. Um, as always, keep the reviews coming. There've been some great ones coming in over the past couple of weeks or so. Um, and until next time, it's bye bye from me. And bye-bye from Mr. Massey. Goodbye.